3: You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. That's big, I mean huge, for brand new podcasters. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Just download the free Anchor app or go to anchorfm.com to
1: get started.
3: This is the Main Event Marks Podcast, brought to you by the Unhinged Sports Network. I am your first host, the man who always throws stones at men with machine guns. I am Troy. And with me, as always, is the WWE Walking Wrestling Encyclopedia and the Main Event Collector, he has come to chew bubblegum and kick ass, but he's still got a whole pack of bubblegum. He is the Chris Harris to my James Storm. He's Greg. What's up, man? It's
2: bubbleicious.
3: Oh, you don't have Bazooka Joe?
2: Hell no. I mean, do. <laughs> I <mean>, that sucks. <laughs> it does. The watermelon kind.
3: Ah, yes. Uh, good choice. Yeah. I don't know why we're, <laughs> we're starting off talking about uh You did. I-, <laughs> I know. I uh, know. I always get us off on all these weird trails to start the podcast <laughs> off, but well, getting off of the bubblegum topic, we're getting on to total stop action in the year two thousand six.
2: Yeah, T and TNA.
3: Yes, not T and A. T N A. So I specify I <laughs> Wow. We had to specify that on, on Twitter before because uh somebody was talking about well, they were excited to talk about TNA and I was like, yes, it, trust me, it's wrestling, okay? <laughs> you may not believe it, but yes, it's professional wrestling,
2: bro. Uh, yeah, it's
3: funny, it, bro. Today we're talking about their anniversary show, man. They it was their five year anniversary. They were formed in 2001. Uh, after I, I believe, yeah, in uh, the wreckage of what was WCW, we have TNA.
2: I want to say June 2002 was their first show.
3: Okay, I stand corrected. 2002. They started as a pay-per-view only company. They did weekly pay-per-view shows, which was a weird ass model, especially for 2002. And I don't think they made a whole lot of money doing it, but clearly they made some money, or they weren't hemorrhaging money. One of the th- I don't know, but it's it's one of the two. But it was enough to keep them afloat, and then they. I think they were going to go under if they kept it up, and then they got Dixie Carter coming in with Panda Energy, and, well, as, as they say, the rest is history.
2: It's and now, still going.
3: It, yes. Yeah, it is. It has nobody from the original administration there. It is, I, I don't know, does Anthem still run that thing? I don't know. Yeah, because I know Anthem Entertainment came in at one point, and they bought in. I think that they still own it. Uh, Don Callis books for him along with Don Scott. Don Callis Damore. is
2: actually done. Is he? So, yeah.
3: Wow. So what does Someone that mean just, for uh, what, what does that mean for AEW with him?
2: I don't know. So apparently he's mm. just, yeah he's done with Impact. So
3: wow. So it's just Scott Demore now.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, well Scott Demore was there. He was act. He's on this show actually, quote unquote wrestling. <laughs> so. Sure. Yeah. yeah, there's that. But, uh, we've covered a few TNA shows. Uh, I like Scott in, DeMore, by the way, just for the record. Yeah. He looks like, uh, I talked about this on, I want to say, Lockdown 2006. I talked about with Jimmy Pilato. He, he reminded me in 2006 of, uh, the, the kid from, uh, that did the truffle shuffle in, uh, the Goonies, all grown up. <laughs>
2: That's a only legitimate kid. I didn't know that. He's a child. Yeah. You know he,
3: that? <laughs> wait, what? No, it's not. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, I was going to say, it's it's either him or I said the kid from It, all grown up. Like, the, the the fat kid from It, all grown up. But he he's one of them. Either way, he was in an 80s movie. But, uh yeah. So, we're going to be talking about all that today. If you want to go back and keep up with TNA in 2006, we've done previous uh reviews. Destination X, Lockdown. I want to say there's one more. You can check all the archives out there now. But uh, today we're getting into Slammiversary, which is one of their two biggest shows of the year. But first, we're going to get into the news and notes of that time period. But before we do, I want to let you all know that we are sponsored by FUBO TV and Fanatics. If you're looking to cut the cord like I did, you're going to want to switch to FUBO TV. And if you want your favorite sports team's gear, because, well, we're officially in June now. Uh, I'm not... Privy to, the, I, I don't keep up with the NBA schedule, whereas you do. the, the playoffs are still going on, right?
2: Uh, they're still round two.
3: Okay, just just making sure. So you get your favorite NBA team gear, whether they're in the playoff or playoffs or not. You know, they cover all the other sports as well, and NASCAR. So, see, I did it for you. I got it in this week. <laughs> uh, but they cover all of that, and even not even the professional sports, they cover NCAA as well. So click on the link down in the podcast description. Let them know that the Unhinged Sports Network and the Main Event Marks sent you. We'll be right back right after this break. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event marks pod on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. Get all the best podcast swag from the Main Event Marks. Our merch shop offers custom graphics, including the podcast logo on hats, shirts, masks, greeting cards, and more. There are tons of new designs with more dropping all the time. Just head on over to redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash Main Event Marks to grab your podcast merch today and become an official Main Event Mark. That's redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash Main Event Marks. Event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, news and notes time. Getting into, I guess this is the quote unquote top story of the time. WWE has made the decision to bring back ECW full time. The plan was said to be finalized in the last week or so. They'll still capitalize, or they'll likely capitalize off the ECW One Night Stand 2 height and go from there. WWE officials have begun talking to former talent about returning to work for the promotion. They are not looking to add a third day to their television schedule, however, so it's believed that it will be a mix of both former ECW wrestlers and new WWE developmental workers who have been working house shows under Paul Heyman. Dave Meltzer reports that it would likely be handled similar to the Super Astros deal of the late 90s with... Weekly matches taped bef- either before or after Raw or SmackDown tapings. Hmm. Well, that's a lot to unpack there. But I think it was, wasn't it? Wasn't it recorded the same day as SmackDown?
2: No, it was live, and SmackDown was recorded after it.
3: Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, because didn't it? Was it Tuesday or Wednesday that it took place? I forget. Tuesday. Now. Tuesday. Okay. Ah, uh, yeah. Good old ECW, WWE, Cw man.
2: Yeah, it was something.
3: Yeah, I love that. Like I was,
2: I was torn on it because you know, first of all, ECW sucks. Period. Wow. Second of all, it's just a developmental show at, at the end.
3: Yeah, I they like kept the name ECW towards the end, and I was like, why are you still calling the show ECW? Because like, like you said, it was a developmental show. They gave it the same set. As every other show. They changed the belt. They changed Championship. everything. <laughs> no, that was a belt. <laughs> and they changed everything. The top guys were Christian and Jack Swagger.
2: Don't Both forget, of who? Uh, Ezekiel Jackson and John uh, Morrison was their champion too, so
3: Yeah. It's
2: worth noting.
3: Yeah, Ezekiel Jackson was their last champion. For God's sake. Uh, yeah, Christian and um, Jack Swagger, by the way, both of whom are in AEW right now. So that's uh, something. Furthering on with that, WWE contacted Gangrel, Luna Vashon, and Midian about being a part of a vampire group in ECW. At this point, it doesn't appear that Midian will be rehired.
2: Oh, naked. What if he was a naked vampire? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I had <laughs> my money
3: not just a vampire but a naked vampire like man that <laughs> gives that gives a whole new meaning to i want to suck your blood
2: oh my god
3: <laughs> come on uh i had to get something there's something inappropriate in there yeah, man uh, wwe have added trinity kelly kelly and roadkill to the ecw.com roster page and have updated balls mahoney Jazz, Rob Van Dam, Sabu, The Sandman, Taz, Tommy Dreamer, and Tony uh,
2: I was I feel like Kelly Kelly debuted on ECW, so...
3: Yeah, I think so.
2: Was she was, part of the she, Diva Search? I don't think so.
3: I can't remember where she popped up.
2: In, uh, in, a, in a magazine? And Lauren I just saw her? I don't know. <laughs> hey, boss, look at this one. She's really nice and tan.
1: Just like you. No don't, not quite as don't worry, old. she's she's quite legal. Yeah. She she's legal and she's and God dang it, look at those packs.
3: I mean, they're they're not as vascular as yours though. Want some oil? All right. <laughs> <The hell? laughs> got, I'm shit. sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna keep it
0: moving. I don't think
3: jazz I don't think jazz stuck around very long in ECW. Like Probably I,
2: for a show or two.
3: Yeah. Balls Mahoney was there for a while. RVD and Sabu were there for a while. Sandman. Speaking of,
2: speaking of Kelly Kelly, yes, Balls was there for a while. <laughs> wow. Uh, printed, they, they did that whole thing with them, too, remember?
3: Uh, I remember they did like a poker, like a strip poker game. Had like,
2: uh, he was like in love with her. and He was trying to get her from Mike Knox. And,
3: that seems like every storyline with her ever in ECW. Yeah. yeah. She,
2: so. she left. She left. Uh, Zantikla, or drop Zantacquahs to keep Mike Knox. So there's that.
3: To keep Nux <laughs> Lord. Oh man. Uh, Axel Rotten was scheduled for a physical prior to being a part of the ECW angle on the
2: June 5th RAW. Rotten Don't tell me missed. he he he'd gotten hepatitis or something.
3: No, that's Ian. <laughs> uh, but Rotten had missed previously scheduled physicals. Hmm, that's not a good sign
2: he's no longer with us, so I'm not going to make jokes.
3: Yeah, I mean, I it, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he overdosed on heroin. So, yeah, that kind of tells you what you need to know about his physicals. Ah, oh, man.
2: It's, I mean, yeah, I don't know what the hell they were going to do with him. I mean, they're not going to let him tape his fists with glass and punch people in day are they? So... <laughs>
3: Yeah, and he can't just carry around a chair all the time with people's names spray painted on him.
2: <laughs> Again, this is the this is the product that people defend when I crap on it.
3: Yep, oh, I know. We we've gotten some people that say they prefer our reviews of them because they hate ECW, and then we have other people that are like, I don't know why you guys are even bothering to review it. All you do is crap on it. Like, yes, that's why we're reviewing
2: it. Well, go and listen to all of our or, or you know many of our reviews. You crap on every single bad show. I don't yeah. just do ECW.
3: Right, yeah, go back and let's for
2: a Wild while It's just the coincidence that every ECW show happens to be bad.
3: But, and we yeah. try to find the good in the shows. There are a few segments that will complement, yeah. you know.
2: Yeah, so. Usually anything with RVD or Jerry Lynn, you know.
3: <laughs> Lance Storm, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, so there you go.
3: According to TV Central, not sure what that is, but either way,
2: WWE... Sounds made up like a show on The Simpsons or something, but okay.
3: <laughs> right. Uh, WWE Raw is the twenty-fifth most recorded show via TiVo, which is one of the most 2006 things I've ever said. Said. UFC's The Ultimate Fighter is number twenty on the list. By the way,
2: which is coming back this year?
3: <laughs> oh, really?
2: Yeah.
3: Ah, nice. That was, it's weird to think about in the business model of UFC. That was one of the things that made their popularity explode in the early 2000s.
2: Yeah. Some of the seasons are really good, too. Some, not so my,
3: much. Me and my dad used to watch that back in the day. I saw the season where Rampage destroyed the door.
2: So <laughs> yeah. That's the one Dana White said uh, if, if the Ultimate Fire is guilty of anything, it's showing how cheap I am with doors. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I know he's a badass, but like, if that was a good door, he would not have been able to tear that thing apart like it was papier mache. Yeah. Good grief. <laughs> uh, then uh, the season with Diego was it Diego Sanchez? That
2: was the very first one.
3: Okay. Yeah, I saw that one and uh, Forrest Griffin's season and and all that. So and and whatever one that was where it was Misha Tate and Ronda Rousey, where Ronda made me like really dislike her in that season
2: she's got that uh a way about her
3: yeah right. she's she's got that face that you just want to kick <laughs> i don't know which holly Holm did but either way
2: and it was glorious
3: <laughs> on smackdown batista returned to wwe action this past week when he teamed with world heavyweight champion Rey mysterio defeating king Booker and mark henry after the match Batista grabbed Braden Mysterio's championship, took a long hard look at it and then handed it back to Ray. Do you remember that? I do. I know you were talking, we talked about this previously where he said well, "I'm back" and you're like "Uh he's not, he's still hurt." <laughs> they rushed yeah, him out there. I think
2: there. that was WrestleMania, I believe. Wasn't it?
3: Yeah, I th- uh, no no way out 2006. That was it. No Way Out 2006. Yeah, you and I covered that now in the archives. I I think that oh, was listen. the one. Yeah and well spoiler ray would lose
2: it to booker t so
3: oh that's right yeah and was it batista that beat booker
2: yeah the survivor series
3: okay that makes sense well over on raw for the first time since the attitude era kicked off the original degeneration x is back john michaels and triple h were brought back together by the common cause of wreaking havoc on mr mcmahon and dx was reborn the defiant duo disposed of the Spirit Squad on Raw, and after a few
2: em- Squad, Good Lord.
3: and after a few emphatic, dull crotch chops, Triple H capped off the night by mooning the chairman.
2: Cool. Yep. Here, I- Dad. Here's my ass. <laughs> right. Uh,
3: this is what I show to your daughter every night.
2: And you went
3: there. Yep. <laughs> I made it worse. I just the, the things I remember from this era of DX was there were a lot of faces being shoved in asses. Uh there was poop dropped on the Spirit Squad and they said that Vince McMahon loves uh, well, we're talking about a chicken, was, I guess. Was
2: the, you know, it was the South Carolina Gamecock. I don't know what you're it's literally a mascot. What are you signing about?
3: Yeah, right. Uh, and, then, and then and then Triple H cosplayed as Vince McMahon while Sean was Shane, and they came out.
2: That was great.
3: <laughs> and Triple H said, "I don't love cock. I love dick. Dick Cheney, Dick Ebersol. I love dick." <laughs> I'm like, really? <laughs> uh, oh, and they had. Uh, this is what he gets.
2: Wrestling got earlier in the in the month.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, this was uh, you. You know, I didn't even think about it till now. We give Jurassic Express a lot of crap, me included, for having uh the stunt kid with them. You know, before them, DX had uh Hornswoggle as their little uh, what, mascot, I guess.
2: Okay, that was way later than this, but um Well Hornswoggle actually DX, means yeah. something to wrestling though. Stunt is just an idiot. How dare you,
3: Greg? He does he I was like just he flips around and flops around. He does the uh, the floss dance like he's six. I don't know. Anyway.
2: He likes Fortnite. I, I get it.
3: <laughs> I, I'm sure he does. Oh, man. Uh, we mentioned him earlier, but.
2: What's Shane... uh friend? Okay, I we you know. We uh, have some deals together, so I'm going to be biased. I'm going to be real.
3: Yeah, there you go. And did, did he send you something packed in postal peanuts?
2: No, no. I just sold him a few things. But... Oh, okay. But I sent them in postal Peanuts.
3: Oh, awesome. There you go. <laughs> I wonder if he, like, pulled everything out of the box and then dove in it. Like, cannonball style. <laughs> anyway.
2: He probably uh, did. Actually, now I think about it, they were for his son, but, you know, whatever.
3: Eh, regardless. We were talking about this guy earlier. Jake Hager, a heavyweight wrestler from the University of Oklahoma, recently had a tryout oh, sooner. with... Sooner. The... Recently had a tryout with WWE and is being considered for a developmental deal. Spoiler: He'd get hired
2: and be world champion one day.
3: Yeah, and now he's currently in AEW. Look, man, uh, I can't. remember. I think it was. Yeah, it was him and the rest of the the inner circle that were cutting a promo before Blood and Guts. And I can't remember if it was you or somebody else. Yeah, I think you were one of the people I told this. I was like. Look, Jake Hager should never speak, ever. He's, yep. <laughs> he's got that, like, Mike Tyson effect to him. Or it's like, he's big, intimidating-looking, he's, he's strong.
2: He's even got a list too. I know. Not that there's he, anything wrong with that. I'm just saying, you said Tyson. It's like, wow, well, you've been on the head with that one.
3: Yeah, I was just like, whoa. <sighs> well... Pioneer Press has a story on Brock Lesnar's lawsuit with the WWE being settled. It's featured in the entertainment section alongside news of Katie Holmes and Tom Cruise. I don't know why I thought that was a that funny side.
2: That like sounds like a companion piece. Yeah, sure. Yeah, right, yeah. Katie Holmes,
3: Tom Cruise, and Brock Lesnar. Uh, speaking of Lesnar, he will be defending the IWGP title on the May 3rd show in I... I'm going to mess this up. Fukuoka, Japan, against the winner of the ongoing New Japan Cup Tournament.
2: Could have literally just said Japan.
3: Yeah, either way. <laughs> I wanted to get specific with it, damn it. But damn. yeah, oh. so. He's, uh. Specific. Just, God dang it, just say the land of the rising sun. Nobody gives a damn.
2: Nobody cares about Japanese wrestlers, bro. Whoa, Brock Lesnar's wrestling in Japan, bro?
3: Nobody cares.
2: Oh, man. Real statement from that idiot, by the way.
3: Yeah. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know, Brock, went. this was during the time where Brock was like, ah, whatever, I don't have to wrestle ever again. I'm going to go be a Viking. And he tried out. He was on the practice squad for the Minnesota Vikings, which, I mean, good for him for even getting to the practice squad. But, I mean, he got cut before I think he got cut before preseason. And then he was like, well, I got to make money somehow. So uh going to sue WWE so I can go to Japan. And, well, he won something. But he went over there and he started wearing red. Uh, he he started wearing, r- like, red and white attire. And he called the F5 the verdict.
2: <laughs> I that forgot was, about that part.
3: Yeah, that was something. Uh, but anyway. Uh, the July 2nd Eddie Guerrero Tribute Show in Denver the story doesn't say who's running the show, by the way, has El Io del Santo versus Blue Demon Jr. on top, plus Chavo Sr., Mondo, and Hector Guerrero versus Rey Bucanero, uh, Atlantis, and Rey Mysterio Sr. So I'm going to assume that the Guerreros were helping to put this thing on, especially if all three of them are wrestling in the year 2006.
2: Man, news is light, huh?
3: (laughs) I kind of squeezed that in there because I wanted to just you think about like Eddie Guerrero hasn't been gone for that long at this time. When when was it he pa was it earlier this year he
2: passed away? Uh November twenty
3: uh two thousand five. Oh okay. Yeah, so late late in two thousand five. It's yeah. This was a rough time, man. Uh the cast of the next season of the Surreal Life on VH one will feature the macho man Randy Savage. Oh yeah.
2: Good I don't think that ever happens.
3: Yeah, I was just going to say, it's like I don't remember hearing about that. I don't think this happened. Uh, that would have been they, hilarious, they, though. Did
2: they replace him with China?
3: I'm going to assume so. Uh, what what a replacement for the macho man, huh? <laughs> Look, not to speak ill of the dead, but seriously. Uh, Nikolai Volkov, who's running for a seat in the Maryland State Assembly. Real statement. Uh, has enlisted the help of his former tag team partner, the Iron Sheik, to campaign for him. Again, real statement. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, Maryland number one, America hot booty. <laughs> I, I can't uh, imagine. Yeah. I uh, that would dude going to that campaign event would have been the best. It would have just been. Balls look like off the wall crazy.
2: Oh man, I just hear him swearing now. <laughs>
3: uh whatever his opponent's name was. I break his black <laughs> him in the ass and make him humble.
2: Uh unless he was from Russia and they're also number one with Iran, remember? <laughs> yeah, right. I Russia number, number one, one. <laughs> yeah
3: Russia number one, Maryland number one. America. <laughs>
2: Someone yeah. didn't tell him that a Maryland is an Ameri- American, did they? Yeah, yeah
3: he, he, does, he doesn't give an F. He's the Iron Cheek. Gives no Fs. Oh, yeah, man. Speaking of somebody who doesn't give an F, Vampiro was hospitalized this past week with a herniated disc in his neck, which was cutting off a nerve. Vampiro's undergoing therapy in an attempt to avoid surgery. He's hopeful that the wrestling society X project gets off the ground as he
2: oh, recently, good lord, I forgot about that crap.
3: As he recently extended his contract with them through July 7th. Keep in mind, we're in early June. He extended his contract to July. <laughs> so, they're real hopeful about this
2: thing. <laughs> <laughs> At least one more show.
3: Yeah. Hey, can we can we get one more taping in? We'll no. we'll record a whole month. Good lord. I Every
2: I remember watching the very first episode of that and, like, vomiting.
3: I I tuned in because I saw the people that – I was like, oh, Vampiro, X-Pac, uh, Teddy Hart's on this thing. All right, I'll tune in. And I'm like, what the F is going on?
2: Well, Teddy Hart, man, I got my money.
3: Yeah, you remember he was – because the thing was him and Jack Evans were both in – uh, Wrestling Society X. However, they weren't teamed together. He was teaming, uh, Teddy Hart was teaming with uh, M-Dog 20 or Matt Cross, whatever the hell you want to call him. They were the Filth and the Fury. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I remember everything exploded in, the, in their little yep. venue thing.
2: Every it, single show, by the way.
3: Yep. This thing, I think Vic Grimes was there, too, if I remember correctly.
2: Oh, man. Got my money. And, uh, Why was this a thing? Like, who greenlit this?
3: MTV? I don't know. Because I remember the whole point of this. This was, like, before Lucha Underground was even a thought, by the way, for anybody out there. It was on MTV, and it was a thing where they it was supposed to be, like, an underground fight club wrestling organization thing. And every effing thing exploded, which kind of... Like, look, if you're an underground society you don't you know it's a special club why are you having things explode in your in your building
2: you want to draw attention to yourself what do you not get about this
3: yeah right yeah my bad good lord this was the first place however i did see judas macias because i was like who is this guy and the next thing i know he's popping up at tna i'm like whoa it's uh that guy (laughs) Dude, their yeah. casket exploded. You remember
2: that? I do remember that. I think Vampiro got Wasn't New Jack the on cast- there too?
3: No. <laughs> no, he wasn't in that one. Are you sure? Uh I'm, I'm pretty sure. I don't quote me on it, but I'm pretty sure he wasn't in that.
2: I'm yeah. just I'm just depressed that there was no um Jim Cornette podcast when this was airing, man. <laughs> oh my
3: gosh, I know. Like I want I want Brian last to dig up old episodes and make him go back and watch them in retrospect <laughs> uh, I remember there was one episode they couldn't air because a fireball went into uh, a, a Vampiro's face and something about they said it was too violent or whatever I'm like things literally explode every week on your show but that's well, too violent
2: you gotta have a, a cut off
3: yeah well they have standards at MTV Greg
2: yeah, this is the the same channel that greenlit Jersey Shore, so...
3: Oh, for God's sake.
2: Was it them or VH1? I can't... I'm pretty sure I it was them.
3: Yeah, okay. I always get them confused. They both have crap.
2: Uh, Talk C- about dude. VH1 has behind the music. Do they That's still do that? Stuff. I don't know. I just yeah. first thing I was going to say,
3: when they did do that, they did good stuff. Now, I don't know. And I think they used to have Pants Off Dance Off.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs>
3: With Jody Sweetin. Which, yes, I did watch only because she was dancing in the corner of the screen the entire time. So, but either way, moving
2: Let's on. It's not making it acceptable.
3: Meh. Uh, former WWE and TNA superstar Sean Waltman, aka X Pac, Six Pac, whatever, has signed a contract extension with Wrestling Society X through July 7th. There's still no word regarding They're the They're
2: locking him the down, profit. huh? <laughs>
3: Yeah. Well, we want to make sure we got you for the next month, dude. All right. We don't want you popping up on Raw. That would be like Luger showing up on Nitro.
2: Holy crap. (laughs) What's he doing here? He doesn't
3: work for he he doesn't work here. He's part of he's part of society X. What the hell? (laughs) That's the competition. (laughs) He's he's coming in from MTV. What's going on? (laughs) I can't even say with a straight face. All right, something a little more serious here. Spike TV.
2: Will oh, be I don't want air- I thought we were serious. What the hell?
3: Uh, Spike TV will be airing a special called "The Women of Spike" on July 27th at 9 p.m. Eastern. The show will feature Gail Kim and Christy Hemme, but not Tracy Brooks. Rachel Lee Lay, whatever of the UFC, will also be featured.
2: Do you know who the hell that is? I do not.
3: Probably a ring girl, I would assume. Or octagon it's girl.
2: it have to be, because they didn't have women back then, so.
3: Yeah. This was during the time where Dana was still saying that the women fighting was, you know, it was never going to be in his organization. Never going to happen. And then he bought out Strike Force, saw Ronda Rousey's drawing power, and was like, you know what? Mm, never mind what I just said. Way to stick to your guns there,
2: Dana. <laughs> Good money talks.
3: Yeah, it does.
2: It's not the first one. It won't be the last one.
3: Nope. Puma was a part of Rus- the Wrestling Society X tapings, but he has signed with TNA.
2: Good lord. How much more WSX crap is there?
3: That was the final story.
2: Jeez, I didn't know we'd be heavy on that crap. I would have prepared. <laughs> I, I do not even have a vomit bag on me.
3: You would have you done heavy research for this one.
2: <laughs> no, <laughs> I I, didn't I said argue. prepare, I meant like meant prepare like physically to barf. But... Oh,
3: come on. They had uh, exploding caskets fireballs and people jumping off of uh, fire escapes. I mean, it was good stuff, man.
2: All on MTV. I should tell you right there.
3: (laughs) MTV, which was frequently known for quality programming. But either way, go with me
2: on this, dude. WSX hosts the new Singled Out. Oh, man, I would watch that.
3: What the hell? Uh, Puma, by the way, is uh, TJP, TJ Perkins, whatever the hell. It was one of his first masked gimmicks. But anyway, that is all I got for news and notes. Not a whole lot of big stuff going on, just I like how we talked about WWE CW and Wrestling Society X. Good stuff here.
2: Like not to be a spoiler, but let's just be on I'm gonna be honest right now. This pay per view so much better than all that crap, at least so.
3: Oh well yeah. Yeah. This for anybody that's like oh L O L DNA, I mean this there's some good stuff on the show, which we'll get into. But we're going to take our next break here. Before we do, I want to let everybody know to subscribe and leave a five-star review. That is, if you're listening on the podcast feed. And if you're not listening on the podcast feed, you can look us up. We're available anywhere you get podcasts and on YouTube. So, And please, if you're
2: listening in Japan, you can give us seven stars, by the way.
3: Yeah, use that special Uncle Dave feature, and, and it'll hook you up. Uh, and if you are... Uh, not listening on the podcast, or if you are listening on the podcast feed and you want to hear us live, we play every Wednesday on the Unhinged Sports Network at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. That is unhingedsn.airtime.pro. We have another uh replay of that show airs right after that one ends. So if you miss some of it, you can catch it again right afterwards. And we play the exact same time the very next night. We're going to take our next break. We come back. It's Slamiversary. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on twitter at main event underscore marks and on instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas
2: and what's your name? Oh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Spell it with a K. So, you, Take it easy.
1: Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com.
3: The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, we are back for TNA, Slammiversary 2006. It's, uh, it took place June 18th, 2006. The tagline, this is the one. yeah. I never I don't understand
2: understood.
3: It. It. I don't. I never understood any of TNA's taglines ever. None of them made sense.
2: When I hear like this is the one in pro wrestling, I'm thinking like a huge dream match.
3: Yeah. And it's like, what do you mean this is the one? Like, you mean the event? I assume they mean the whole event, but it's like the one what? The
2: I, one uh, Billy Gunn.
3: Yeah, that's it. Uh, and and the thing was, this isn't supposed to be their big yearly tentpole event. I mean, it's one of them. But this would be like their SummerSlam, would you say?
2: Mm,
3: uh, Like in terms of importance? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because Bound for Glory was supposed to be their WrestleMania show, but I don't know. At different times, it seemed like it flip flopped. Uh, This took place at the TNA Impact Zone in Orlando, Florida. The attendance was a sold-out 900. Not joking. And the buy rate.
2: Well, hold on, hold on. There's no sales there, so.
3: Yeah. Okay. Free. A packed out 900? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's I guess you can't say a sold out 900. It's a we got him hanging from the rafters here at the sound studio. 900 people. You mean, you mean
2: the rafter?
3: <laughs> yeah, the one that that same one that AJ Styles hung on to at Lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> now in the archives, by the way. The pay-per-view buy rate for this one was between 30 to 35,000 buys. There's no exact number. I got into an argument with somebody about this before where they were like, well, look at these terrible numbers. I'm like, you know, these are estimated, right? They're not publicly traded, so they don't have to divulge this information to the public.
2: So but his uncle told him so.
3: No, well, yeah, uh, uncle, you know who the opening package for this pay-per-view really plays up the King of the Mountain match and all the men in it. Uh, I kind of like the match type, but it was very convoluted. And we'll get into that when the match comes around but the show officially starts with team 3d beating up the james gang from the backstage all the way to the ring it is team 3d brother ray and brother devon versus the james gang of bg and tip james this is labeled a tag team bingo hall brawl
2: first of when- all it's what jim Cornette calls a jump start and yeah. second, Bingo Hall Brawl. Bingo Hall Brawl really got me. Yeah. Clearly, we know what they meant. Okay, that's, not, that's not... Yeah. But, like, Why yep. couldn't it just be a street fight? <laughs> <laughs>
3: I, I don't know. Why Why did they why? think it sounds... Was this Russo's way of taking a dig at the W See, that's
2: what I was going to say, too. Someone, that's one of my first notes here. I'm like, by calling it Bingo Hall Brawl, they're just... Going with everything or every criticism ever of the quote ECW arena, and I use that term loose because it's not an arena, but yeah. they called it a bingo hall. I don't know if it really was, um, but like it,
3: it was at one point, yeah. yeah
2: okay, well then, the, the, yeah. Now, That's, to be fair, I didn't think of Russo doing it to take a ding at him, but I'm like, wow, you guys could have hit us a little bit better. Yeah, it they real stupid.
3: Yeah, that was the insult about the ECW arena was it was a bingo hall now they're like oh this is a bingo hall brawl like just the name alone sounds stupid and you're showcasing (laughs) this on pay-per-view between two legitimate teams by the way uh this went just shy of nine or ten and a half minutes by the way i didn't know this until i was doing some research do you know the dudley boys debuted in the wwf against the new age outlaws i did yeah and they broke billy Gunn's arm
2: (laughs) that part i did not know Yeah, hell of a way to debut. But I mean, I knew it because for some reason it popped up in my YouTube recommended videos the other day.
3: Oh, nice. Yeah, so that's a cool little footnote here. The bell rings before anyone even gets in the ring, which uh, was weird. And the four men go right for chairs and kendo sticks. BG and Devon battle into LAX's commentary area, which I forgot existed.
2: This was at the height of the um, immigration stuff that was going on. If anyone doesn't remember,
3: yeah, uh, George Bush was still president, so that was that was a, a thing. Yeah, <sighs> but this uh, they had their own little like the Spanish commentary area. It was, I believe, at this time it was Hector Guerrero and Conan, and mm-hmm. they and they had their own little and
2: homicide just looked like the muscle, which. I find it funny because he was the smallest dude in the group.
3: <laughs> right. It was him and Hernandez sitting in front of the booth with their arms crossed, and they graffitied the booth. So it looked like... And they had their own little separate entrance next to it.
2: And for future reference, when people... When I when I say the real LAX, this is the LAX I mean. Just felt that was yeah.
3: This was the longest tenured LAX, I'll say and, that. And the best. Oh, yeah. Well, before this, you had Machete... And uh, there's Apollo for like a heartbeat. So, oh, yeah, this is the good one.
2: Literally I forgot all about Apollo.
3: Yeah, m- most people did. But anyway, uh, BG and Divon battle into their commentary area, and LAX beats them both up because, you know, you on the wrong side of town, Vato.
2: Beating Can up I all the that? gringos and <laughs> Divon.
3: Oh my gosh. Can I get away with saying that?
0: I don't know.
2: I, I, I don't know. I'm not gonna touch that. <laughs>
3: they, they got beat up by Hernandez. I don't see anything
2: <laughs> offensive about it personally, but that's me.
3: Yeah, they got beat up by by uh, Hernandez and Little Joker. <laughs> and, uh, I'm sorry, uh, but this match is kind of Hernandez crappy. is
2: still in Impact, by the way, worth pointing out in I 2021.
3: Know. Looking hella cholo.
2: Yep. <laughs> But this match is kind looks but, really good, by the way. Like,
3: oh, absolutely. Still looks yeah. like he
2: can rip a dude apart.
3: <laughs> tear a phone book in half. <laughs> <laughs> the Dudley Boys get this crap all the time back in ECW, battling through the crowd, all this garbage. Mike Tanay even mentions uh, their bingo hall days, which, by the way, drew bigger crowds than the, what they're currently wrestling in front of. i just point that out. Kip gets busted open by a cheese grater by Bubba or Brother Ray, whatever the hell. Uh, I love how he's able to kick out of a Doomsday device, by the way. That kind of took a dump on that. However, Team 3D finally pins Kip after a 3D through a table. Uncle Dave gave this three at a quarter stars. I gave it two and a half. I wasn't that impressed. What say you?
2: <sighs> Look, as as a street fight, being a whole ball whatever. <laughs> I gotta admit, I liked it. I thought I, I might be with Uncle Dave on this one. I said three. Wow. I thought it was really fun. It was okay,
3: but I'm just like I get reminded reminded of every ECW match the Dudleys had: brawl through the crowd, pull out the cheese yeah, cream, put somebody I mean, through a table.
2: There's that, but I don't know. I just on its surface, I had fun watching it.
3: Yeah. And it I just it felt... wasn't a
2: masterpiece by any means, by the way. But no. Oh.
3: Uh, and I felt uh, like. I don't know why, and like, the, the Outlaws did this kind of stuff in WWF sometimes, like hardcore matches, but they just felt out of place to me doing all this. I don't well, know why. Well, because the
2: Outlaws were used to performing in in arenas and not bingo holes, so, you know, it's going to hamper their performance a little bit.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's... You got to a... make way
2: for that, dude.
3: Yeah, yeah Great on a curve.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Grief.
3: Brother Ray grabs a mic after the match and says, you know damn well that's how it should be done. To which I was like, "How? What should be done? Like because
2: no, uh, that's how that should be done." Sure. <laughs> Little known fact, by the way, the impact zone probably had a lot more air conditioning than the uh, the bingo hall. But...
3: I would not doubt that whatsoever.
2: <laughs> I just love pointing out how people say it was like a miserable hot box in there.
3: Yeah, uh, they said it was a crap hole. I, I say I guess they've since renovated it, but... They,
2: they have, and apparently it's really, like, I don't know if the word nice is, but apparently it's, nicer. uh... Yeah. I think now... Let's uh, because, say elite presentable.
3: Because at one point they changed the name to Viking Hall. I can't remember there was some reason for that. Somebody who bought it. And now I think it's just called The Arena. So, I don't I know. I
2: think they actually call it The Arena at, and then whatever the address is.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah, most people yeah. just shorten it to they just call it the arena and you, you know what they're talking about. But either, either way, to the back. Jeremy Borash and Jeff Jarrett. Jeff puts himself over. Can I just say
2: by the way, I I love Jeremy Borash. He's very underrated as an announcer.
3: Yeah, he's good and he's underrated as a behind the scenes talent as well. Even uh I mean, Bruce Pritchard put him over huge, said he's the hardest working man that nobody recognizes in the business.
2: He really made me he care about matches when he did not reason stuff, so
3: Yeah, he was he was always good. Uh it's funny that he's one of Russo's boys. That he that they hired in from WCW. But either way, uh Jeff puts himself over saying that he's overachieved wherever he goes. He compares himself to Joe Montana, Reggie Jackson, and Michael Jordan. <laughs> Yikes. Uh where is the man Bisco. when you're
2: when you're in the name of trios, man, that's that's a hell of a trio, and I do think Jeff Jarrett with them, so
3: when I think Jeff Jarrett, I think
2: <laughs> Either oh, way. Man. Well, uh, I, I'm gonna pass this off as you should think highly of yourself. I don't care if you suck. You should think like that. But man Well, and he's a I heel. I mean don't say it all though. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I excuse it cause he's a heel playing up being a heel. So, I whatever. It is what it is. But Larry Zabisco interrupts to tell Jeff, quote, the new face of TNA is exactly who you thought it was, and it doesn't look good, end quote. Well, mm, that has multiple meanings.
2: Uh, Jarrett says, well, that, I mean, you know, I think he's a handsome man, but whatever.
3: Yeah. Jarrett says, uh, Larry's messed up over and over, and now it's Jeff's turn to fix it. Sure. But before the next match, we get a badass promo package. to The song Fly Over Vox by Nicholas Nolan. They always dug up these obscure, like, underground bands or singers or whatever. They had some pretty damn good songs they put to promos. So, I I don't know. At least that's my opinion, going back and watching these. Mike Tanay then says, put down the Twinkie to more. It's time to fry some Canadian bacon. What the F? (laughs) And again, I've got to what? point out, he's God. sitting next to a guy that's fatter than Damore. So just got to point that out.
2: Have you ever noticed, like, not just here, but, like, in the world when you talk, you can, you know, if you make fun of, if you say something bad about, you know, black people, Mexican people, Asian people, it's racist. And and I agree. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you take a pot shot at Canada, it's perfectly fine. Have you ever <laughs> noticed that? Like, seriously. Uh. Maybe
3: that's because it's not a race; it's just a country. I don't know. You
2: didn't watch uh, NXT, so I'm just going to say this: they're talking about the North American title. Okay, Rodson Reed has it, and Uh he's like, you know, you know, he's from Australia, and Mm -hmm. (coughs) Santos Escobar comes out and says, "Well, you know, I'm from Mexico, which is actually part of North America, so that title should be mine." And then Joaquin Wilder, people, TNA fans might know him as DJZ. He says he whispers in his ear. And then walk in and says, Yeah, Canada doesn't count. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good creep.
2: Like uh, seriously, why is it no matter anything on this planet that happens racist you can take pot shots at Canada. That's fine.
3: Because it's you know, Canada. I mean, come on. <laughs> <Get> it. <laughs> <laughs> it's that's uh it's it's Canada. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna say a damn word about it. So it's it's America's hat, Greg.
2: Yeah, right.
3: Aka Mexico North. What? <laughs> that's what uh, Scott Steiner called it.
2: Oh yes.
3: <laughs> uh, anyway, Scott Demore grabs a mic before the match to say that this may be a handicap match, but he could handle Rhino all by himself. But and it's uh, time for Bobby Roode to stand by and witness Demore catch his catch can, or yeah. witness his catch his catch can brilliance. <laughs> Sure. I don't know
2: why this whole thing made me bust up, dude. Oh, oh, man. Man. Like, my notes for this whole thing just say LOL. <laughs> <whole thing>. Wow. <laughs>
3: well, this match is a handicap match. It is Bobby Roode and Scott Demore of Team Canada taking on Rhino in 11 minutes. As soon as Rhino's theme music hits, Demore takes off up the ramp and doesn't come back until Rhino's held back. Bobby Roode is wearing his fancy robes to the ring at this point. He's starting to look like what would become Robert Roode coming up. I was surprised that Damore actually wrestled a bit in this one, but only after Bobby wore Rhino down. In the end, Damore smacks Rhino in the back with the hockey stick. He can't lift him up for a Death Valley driver, so Rhino gores him, and then he gets a win. Uncle Dave gave this two and a quarter stars. I just gave it two. Let's say you.
2: I gave it two. I had fun watching this. I think Demore yeah. is actually a legit like trainer too, right? So
3: yeah, he is. Apparently, he's really like, good.
2: It's not like he's like you know a waste or anything, but no, uh, yeah. But clearly, Apparently he should just uh, be training. <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, I think that's he figured out he was better backstage and as a manager and you know all the non-in-ring stuff.
2: So. And now that I think about it, he may be the longest tenured impact person ever. I don't think he's ever. Yeah. Left. Uh.
3: I can't remember. He did? Did he go off to do that GFW thing with Jeff Jarrett?
2: He was always still intertwined though, so I counted as he stayed.
3: Okay, because I thought, well, they broke away at one point, and then they, then they. They, they did forces, break away, but then they were or
2: then... were, were doing talent loans. So.
3: Yeah. Weird.
2: You know. That it's whole thing. To think though, For, that means we're talking nineteen years, eighteen, nineteen, about nineteen years. The has been there. That's crazy. Nuts.
3: Yeah, right. Hey, whatever, man. If you're making a paycheck, good for you. Uh, but we go to
2: it's, the back. I yeah, know yeah. no one watches it, you know, LOL, TNA, but it's it's <laughs> not terrible now. It's not that great, but it's not like the worst piece of crap on the planet. I'll say that.
3: Do so they still have zero fans in the audience?
2: Uh, Yeah. Well, there's a couple of wrestlers, but yeah.
3: Yeah, man.
2: Well, uh, AEW, WWE, and Ring of Honor all just announced fans are coming back. So I'd imagine they're coming back, too. Nice.
3: When well, we go to the back again with Jeremy Borash and Samoa Joe, Joe lets us know that uh, he's not intimidated by Scott Steiner, who's facing later tonight. I wonder what Steiner thinks of Joe's weight. <laughs> <laughs> he's fat!
2: I'll make anyway. him bleed.
3: But up next, right after that, we get a six-way elimination match. It is Senshi, a.k.a. Loki, Versus Sharkboy, versus P. Williams, versus Jay Lethal, versus Alex Shelley, versus Sanjay Dutt. This just went about 19 and a half minutes. Real quick, funny story about Loki, I just it popped in my head. You remember when he was cosplaying? the
2: Cabal. Sorry.
3: Good lord. Said no one ever.
2: <laughs> Alright, I'm good. Uh,
3: you remember when he was cosplaying as the Hitman of the video games? Uh, yeah. Okay, well, he first started doing that in Japan. I think in the Tokyo Dome. And I can't remember who was telling the story. They said, okay, imagine this. He comes in the the locker room dressed like that. He pulls out this suitcase, opens it up, pulls out two like handguns. They were fake, but they looked real. He just pulls out two handguns, lays them down. And people are like, what the F? Wow. (laughs) Apparently they were for Uh, his entrance, but yeah. (laughs) He's like, I forgot about that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. He's a weird, weird dude, man. I'll just say that. Plenty of uh, and, uh, funny stories about him uh, that's online. That's a
2: shoot voice, by the way. It's not a working voice.
3: I know. Like, man, that thing could, I like, swear. Down.
2: I always thought it was like he was turning it up or something or, you know, or maybe turning it down, whatever. Um, no, that's yeah. his voice.
3: Just like the Macho Man. I thought that was <laughs> fake for years, right. but nope. He talks that way. Uh, but anyway, get into the match. Only two men are allowed in the ring at one time, and everyone has to be eliminated for there to be a winner. So there's that. All six men get involved in a single vertical suplex in the center of the ring at one point. That was pretty cool looking. You'd all have to see it. They all tied up in the vertical suplex spot, and then, yeah. Anyway, uh, Shark Boy is first eliminated when he misses a top rope elbow drop on Sanjay Dutt. Sanjay and that's
2: when I turned it off because I was mad. And my guy lost. <laughs>
3: Uh, how dare you beat Sharky? Uh, but then Sanjay hits a standing shooting star press, pins him. Shelly's out next when Lethal gets the knees up on a senton attempt and then hits Shelly with an overhead dragon suplex for the pin fall. Uh, so that's two people in a row who missed the top rope move and then got pinned. Uh, after Lethal misses a top rope elbow drop, PD Williams hits him with a Canadian Destroyer for the next elimination. So I just started laughing at this point, because that was a thing. And next, Sanjay hits a standing sliced bread on Petey, and then Senshi hits Warrior's Way on Petey to eliminate him. Finally, Senshi hits a shotgun drop kick on Sanjay, and then does the stomp to Sanjay, who's in the Tree of Woe for the win. You know, kind of Alberto Del Rio style, if anybody remembers that. But anyway, Senshi gets the win. Uncle Dave gave it three and a quarter stars. I gave it an even three. What did you
2: give it? <laughs> I gave it three as well. Loved it. Good, fast-paced one cash. of my notes on yours, man, I forgot how good Sanjay Dutt is. He's so underrated.
3: Yeah, he was really good.
2: I like. <laughs> I mean, okay. nothing particular in this match. I'm just saying, on the whole, puzzle, on the whole, but.
3: Right. Yeah. I liked his nickname, the Playa from the Himalaya.
2: Oh, <laughs> <Well>, it's <laughs> the original funny. Playa oh, from yeah. Himalaya. Yeah, That's because there is multiple. So yeah, there's mean?
3: more than one. <laughs> I hated when he became the guru because I felt like that was, like.
2: Well, racist? Like, yeah,
3: it's like, so you guys have to go more stereotypical? Like, why? And then he was going around, like, taking a collection in his tambourine?
2: I'm like, what the hell? He's not a preacher. Well, I mean, that's not, that's not, like, specifically for preachers, to be fair.
3: Yeah, I, mean, I guess so. But he should have dressed, like, uh, uh, oh, Mike Myers in that horrible movie. No?
2: No? I don't know what you're talking about, honestly.
3: <laughs> but... you never heard of him in that uh, Mike Myers that movie, The Guru?
2: No, it, the, sounds the like guru? Some, it sounds like something I'm glad I missed.
3: Yeah, it was it was horrible. I think it won a bunch of Razzies. It was god-awful. Anyway, but uh, to the back, yet again, with Jeremy Borash, Kevin Ash, and Alex Shelley. Shelley makes some comedic excuses for his loss. And then Nash, or, and then he tells Nash that he's excited to celebrate his win with him later tonight. Nash mentions that it's Father's Day and he has a special message for Walt Savin back in Hell, Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? Uh, hell, Michigan, by the way, is a real place and that's where they always build Savin from. But still, uh, Nash says that he's not. Which is why for... they said
2: Hail Savin in his theme, by the way.
3: Is that really why they?
2: No. That's what I heard. I don't know if it's true, but. Hmm. All I mean, right. it makes sense.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh Nash says that he's not paying for Saban's doctor bills or disability after tonight because Saban asked for this. He finishes by saying that size matters. Sure. <laughs> in in the build-up package for this match, we see that on the previous impact, Nash wrestled a quote unquote match uh, against a little person in a mask, saying, quote, You've got lifts in your shoes, but I know that's you, (laughs) Saban.
2: So effed up. Oh man. This Uh. is, uh, I forget if they showed it in the package, but this is the era where Kevin Nash is telling everybody he invented the X division.
3: Yeah, and he kept throwing up the X with his arms.
2: He's like, I used to do all that high-flying stuff. I created it all. (laughs) That's why my knees are weak.
3: (laughs) Yeah, and he said something about he was going to do a triple backflip uh three-handle family gradenza through the table or some crap like that. And yeah, it was just stupid. It was funny, but it was stupid. Uh, but alright, this was Kevin Nash versus Chris Sabin. The match went eight minutes twenty seconds. Mash or er, Nash is coming out to my uh favorite TNA theme of his, which was just an instrumental of cashmere by Led Zeppelin.
0: Uh
3: someone's got a sign in the crowd that says Kevin Nash, ow my quad. yeah oh my gosh look he would have went out there and smacked him uh, smacked that guy but you know his his quad blew out too early
2: well yeah he had a a high flying match to get to as well
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah nash broke out all five moves of doom for this one by the way alex Shelley.
2: and i counted three hair flips by the way
3: and he didn't even have any hair to flip in this one so yeah it's it's that phantom hair (laughs) Uh, but Alex Shelley comes down to assist Nash. He gets involved constantly. Eventually yanking Saban off the top rope, allowing Nash to hit the jackknife powerbomb for the win. Uncle Dave and I both gave it dope stars. What say you?
2: I gave it two, but I also said it was a really, really fun match.
3: It was interesting. I could have done without so much interference from Shelley. I thought it was a little much, but I get it, I guess. And the paparazzi productions thing that they're getting to is, is fun. So I dug it. I'm always down for whatever Kevin Nash is serving up. So there's that. But we go to the back again with Jeremy Borash standing by with America's Most Wanted and Gail Kim, who's looking all kinds of roll tide. He is all the way live here. They put over tonight is the last chance for AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels for the AW Excuse me, NWA World Tag Team titles. And the thing is, uh, Gail Kim keeps getting interfered or keeps interfering in their matches. So that's
2: the she interfered here. the previous month when she was in a shark cage. Yeah, that was insane. You know, the old thing is
3: like a shark cage has literally never stopped anyone ever from interfering in a match. Ever. (laughs) They just, like, why do the gimmick? It doesn't work. But the build-up package for the next match shows how much Gail Kim has interfered in the matches of AMW versus Daniels and Styles, costing Styles and Daniels every single time. Here we are. It's America's Most Wanted of Chris er, Chris Harris and James Storm. With Gail Kim in their corner, they're defending the NWA World Tag Team titles against AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels. It's their last chance, baby. And it went just over 17 and a half minutes. On America's Most Wanted's Way to the Ring, Harris shouts at Don West, forcing him to say, Happy Father's Day, Wildcat's dad. <laughs> yeah. I like how it's just like so damn random.
2: He said it so damn sarcastically, too. I know. Happy Happy Father's Day, Chris Harris's dad. Yeah, because he, you know, it, it, it,
3: he pulled like a Bailey on Michael Cole. And he just like goes out like out of nowhere. He's like, say it. Say Happy Father's Day to my dad. Like, what? By the way, it took, I know I've told you this before, everybody out there. It took me forever. and I don't know why to realize his nickname is the Wildcat. And he's from Kentucky. The Kentucky Wildcats. Yeah. There you go. I I was like, ah, okay. Got it. But getting back to this. Gail Kim keeps getting involved until Styles and Daniels pull her into the ring. Just then, a rather large woman runs in and beats Kim up before throwing her over her shoulder and walking back to the locker room with her. Why did it take this woman so damn long to help?
2: They said it on comments. They just, they found her.
3: Yeah, because it's like she just came out of freaking nowhere. And I'm like, okay are getting back to the match. AMW uses a chair and brass knuckles, but still can't put the babyfaces away. There are a ton of near falls. In the end, James Storm accidentally smashes a beer bottle over the back of Chris Harris's head. Daniels hits the Urinagi, Styles hits Harris with a frog splash. And Daniels pins him for the win. And they win the titles. And the crowd goes banana. Uncle Dave, I, gosh, he gave it three and three-quarter stars. What the hell shaved off the quarter star?
2: I gave I it an even four. What do you say? I, I gave it four. This was the match of the night.
3: Same here. This, this is, is really good.
2: Yeah. I, I love heard, this match.
3: I heard other people crapping on it because there was like, you know, weapons and shenanigans and whatever. But I don't know. I thought it added to it. I liked it. Uh, these four guys can damn near do no wrong. So,
2: I think when people talk about greatest tag teams, it's a shame when they leave. Well, America's most wanted, by the way, I mean, it is.
3: See. Yeah, I know. It is because it was the they were only together for a few years and in, in the early days of TNA, and then they got replaced by Beer Money and Chris Harris went off to do which
2: oddly nine. enough was even better. But yeah, <laughs> um, they were really um,
3: damn good. But, I know. And Styles and Daniels, man, what a freaking team.
2: There's. I, I, I mean, not to jump way ahead, but there is a match they have with LAX at Bound for Glory in the cage. Yeah. It's one of my absolute favorite matches. It's later uh-huh. this year, actually. Yeah. It's uh, freaking amazing.
3: I think that one's on our schedule in October, but I'll have to double check. If it's not, I may have to adjust things.
2: So. Yeah, that was a really good pay per view.
3: Bound for Glory usually is. I yeah that yeah, 'cause wasn't that the one with uh, Stings in the main event, right? Not again, mm-hmm. not to spoil anything. Okay. So yeah, that is on our schedule. So we'll get to that later on in the year. I'm actually, I'm really looking forward to that one, actually, because I, I do remember some of that event. Uh, for one of the first times in TNA history, by the way, they actually allow the new champions to have time to celebrate. They don't
2: cut yeah, away and go to and the back. Going the crowd and everything. I thought that was pretty cool.
3: I know. Yeah. They go into the, to, a, to the rowdy crowd. They hold up their newly won titles. Good times had by all. But after we get time to soak that all in... And have the
2: end of the pay-per-view right here. Okay. Yeah,
3: right. We now go back again with Jeremy Borash standing by with Sting. Uh, They point out that this is Sting's first NWA World Heavyweight title match in TNA history. Sting says that... The first one since
2: 1992, right?
3: I believe so. I can't remember exactly when they dropped the name from the big gold, but yeah. Uh, but Sting says that his motives tonight are to win the NWA title and to prevent Jeff Jarrett from winning and gaining power, so he is multitasking. Now we go to this. One thing I can never criticize TNA for is their video packages. They may not have been quite as epic and memorable as WWE's, but they were damn good, especially for the time. We get another one well, here. Well, that
2: voiceover guy was great. Let's not forget. So.
3: Oh, yeah. Well, these ones that were basically just glorified music videos, they were always good. They picked out some cool songs. Uh, this one is like the biggest moments in TNA's history to the song Fighter by Cradle Fuse.
2: I think it's but, Candle Fuse.
3: Candle Fuse, yes. Or, no. Well, yeah? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Might have been a typo on my end, because I wrote down Cradle Fuse, so you are probably correct.
2: That makes Can you say sense. that again?
3: That yeah, is correct. <laughs> Uh,
2: I was hoping whatever. we get that in this week. Yeah.
3: and we did, got it in there. All right. Speaking of getting it in there, Mike Tanae is in the ring now. I don't know what that had to do with the lead-in.
2: I yeah, it was weird, but <laughs> uh, he's saying that he's to... own, dude. How, whatever you do, you. <laughs>
3: uh, he's the professor of tapping that ass. Anyway, uh, he's <laughs> saying that he's going to introduce the new public face of TNA. Uh, you know because. We need a public face, the private face of TNA. We don't need to introduce them. He says we may remember this man as one of the greatest managers of all time. He puts over the man's time in backstage in WCW and WWE, as well as running his own promotion on two different occasions. When Mike finally announces the new public face of TNA is Jim Cornette, some weird-ass, like, marching band music plays, and a ton of pyro goes off on the stage. I'm like
2: the F is this. One of my first notes on this is, did you notice he lost his cane when he was spinning it?
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Cornette, who just had knee surgery, comes out twirling his cane that he legitimately needed to walk with, and he's twirling it, and it flies out of his hand, so then he gingerly slides his way down the ramp at half the speed of smell. (laughs) Oh, man. But Corney finally gets on the mic, and he does his damn thing, putting TNA over super strong style. There's Abisco's shown backstage watching this, and he's clearly happy. However, Mike Tenay gets on commentary and claims he can't be happy about this. Really? Because he's, like, smiling and, like, yeah, yeah, good for him. I'm like, what you're saying doesn't match up with what I'm seeing. So it, either way. Uh Cornette
2: More on, on over, that later.
3: Yeah. Cornett puts everyone on the roster on notice, saying that if anyone crosses him or doesn't produce in the ring, they'll be handed their walking papers.
2: Yeah, sure. Yeah, on Impact after this, there's a moment where Jim Cornett is talking LAX. Do you remember this? No. He has the whole the whole um roster come out those LAX are going to start wrestling, and if they don't want to wrestle here, uh, Jiffy Lube is hiring.
3: Holy crap. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I don't know if I can <sighs> laugh at that.
2: <sighs> well, it's... I just uh, thought it was worth mentioning, because, you know, that's Jim Cornette. It's the guy well, that said gonna... the Ethiopia chicken joke, or what did we said on NWA TV.
3: Yeah, said something about Trevor Murdoch was so tough, yeah. he... He'd uh, ride a motorcycle through Ethiopia with a, a bucket of KFC strapped to his back. I'm like, what the frick? I don't even know what that
2: means. I don't even know what that means. I mean, I guess it was – I mean, I'm not saying it's okay to say, but I'm still wrapping my brain around like, okay, I, I guess it was offensive. But what did I miss because
3: yeah, it's, it's hard to piece together. <laughs> I don't get it. It's like I don't understand the meaning, but I'm going to go with racist. Well, this was the same guy uh when he went to Ring of Honor, they were at the time they were doing a storyline where CZW invaded and the oh, Necro good Butcher Lord. Yeah. Well, the Necro Butcher was one of them and Jim Cornette came out and he said, "Necro Butcher, glad to see you got the night off from your other job as a mopper at the porno theater." <laughs> <laughs> <Holy> that <God. laughs> That one I popped for. Uh I got to give him that that's one. Not, I mean, come on.
2: That's not- that's not corny, right? Because that's not racist. That's just yeah, gross. Well, no. Yeah, no, that's not racist. That's just F. Uh, hey, that couldn't have been corny then.
3: Well, that's corny something.
2: <laughs> but in the back again, Jeremy Borash... Also, necro Butcher sucks. I just want to put that out there. Sorry. Um,
3: he's in the, that uh, discussion for worst wrestler in all, of all time. But anyway, in the back again, Jeremy Borash is standing by with Scott Steiner. Steiner says that Samoa Joe is fat and his name is sloppy joe well thank you for the for pointing that out there uh, uh scott i i don't have eyes i i couldn't see but he says he's uh, a
2: Samoan and he's fat really he's, he also
3: calls him a half breed
2: i'm like is not a... that i thought he was just Samoan. i mean first of all you shouldn't say that crap but no that's uh, <laughs> effed up speaking of racism sad. Yeah, I thought. Is it he was because cool he's like Samoan. legitimately Samoan and American? Is that what he means? I don't know.
3: I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he is half Samoan and half. I I think he's because he said, well, he shouldn't be calling himself Samoa Joe because he's half breed. I'm like, first of all, why are you the gatekeeper over who can be Samoan?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Second of
3: all, I I, I don't believe think his,
2: he is. his his I believe his degree from Michigan says that. So.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Right. It, He's uh he majored in Samoan studies. (laughs) I think he
2: just made that up.
3: (laughs) Maybe. But he says he's beaten them all, including Triple H and John Cena. He's uh he then puts over Uh, Samoan
2: Um (laughs) No.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, He then puts over Joe's DVD, Unstoppable, saying it's unsellable. That was
2: kind of Um, funny. I have that DVD, so screw him.
3: As do I. But all right, uh now we get Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner taking on Samoa Joe in 13 minutes and four seconds. The undefeated Samoa Joe is the exhibition champion here, but he is not defending the title tonight. I will say Steiner didn't blow me away in this match, but I felt he looked way better in this match than he did in anything he did in WWE. Like, he actually wrestled pretty good here. I, I like this. The match ends when Samoa Joe stands up out of a Steiner recliner, with Scott Steiner on his shoulders, and he drops him into a stun gun over the top rope, then hits a quick rotating power slam into a pin, and the win. Uncle Dave gave it three and a quarter stars, but I gave it even three. What do you say?
2: I gave it three, and I said this was probably Steiner's best match since he became Big Papa Pump.
3: Yeah, it's definitely up there if it's not. It's it's really damn good. He did mat wrestling, which I think he should have stuck to after he, you know, got the the foot problems and everything. And, I mean, do you agree with me this was better than anything he did in WWE, match-wise?
2: Yeah, I told you, I think it's his best match ever, it's Big Papa Pump.
3: Yeah, it was really damn good. I, I, it
2: just, I don't even think it's close.
3: <laughs> I went in not expecting anything good out of this, so it blew me away. I was like, damn, I'm enjoying this.
2: You know, and not to take away either, but let's not forget, it's snow chill.
3: Oh, absolutely. But uh, Steiner did control a lot of this match, though, and I was like, wow, he could still do it. But anyway, we go to the back now with Jeremy Borash standing by with Christian Cage. Cage cuts a pretty hilarious promo and shows how, that shows how damn good he is. He said, no champion has ever retained his title in a King of the Mountain match. If I had a dime for every time, I've heard that in the last few weeks, I'd have, like, 51 dimes (laughs) (laughs) i was like what the hell uh cage then drops his because that's and the crowd shouts out how i roll which look i know they did say that but the sounds of it and how on cue it was made me think they kind of pumped that in there but i could be wrong well yeah i mean i don't i don't know where you fall on that
2: I didn't notice that, so I'm just...
3: Yeah, it just sounded a little... uh, But like I said, it could have been the crowd because they did say it along with him all the time. So this was before he switched it because he came in saying, that's how I roll. And then eventually it's, if you don't know, now you know. And then of course in WWE, we get one more (laughs) match, which F sucked.
2: That was his best run ever, dude.
3: Shut the F up. We're going to take our next break. When we come back, we're diving into the main event of this card. This is the king of the mountain, baby. We'll be right back after this short break. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector fanatics offers the world's largest collection of official sports apparel and gear from all the leagues teams and players that you love including the nfl mlb nba nhl ncaa nascar soccer and golf they even offer esports gear for the gamers among us you can shop by brand sport team or player and if you sign up for fan cash you get exclusive weekly deals so head on over to fanatics.com today fanatics is a sponsor of the main event marks and unhinged sports network
1: That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844 7732
0: Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's.
1: Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary.
0: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it.
3: The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, we are back. It is time. For this, it's the King of the Mountain match for the NWA World Heavyweight title. It went 23 minutes exactly. Christian Cage is defending against Jeff Jarrett, Ron the Truth Killings, Abyss, and Sting. So to run down this match a little bit, it's basically a reverse ladder match where you have to hang the title up to win. However, it can't just be that simple. In order to become eligible to hang up a title, a wrestler must score a pinfall or submission on an opponent... And then that opponent who submits or is pinned is forced to spend two minutes in the penalty box cage. Uh, You get all that?
2: Yes.
3: (laughs) Okay. It's I I feel like this was like 10 pounds of crap in a five-pound bag. Although, I don't know, I I did like these matches. It was a guilty pleasure of mine. I
2: gave it major points for originality. Yeah,
3: it was original, I'll say that. It just, eh, like, this was a Russo
2: staple. Well, what's my thing is, like, I can't be hypocritical. Like, I'm always Mm -hmm. wanting something original. So when they give me it, I don't, I feel, like, weird complaining about it. So
3: I guess Um, the convoluted rules is why they agreed never to do it again after Hogan and Bischoff came in. Because Bischoff was like, if you can't explain the rules to me in, like, you know, the one, old elevator pitch.
2: One breath. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, it's the old elevator pitch. If you can't explain it, like, the synopsis of it to me in an elevator ride, I don't care. So there you go. But there was a lot of brawling around ringside and throughout the crowd, which uh, I didn't really like the brawling through the crowd with this, but it was okay.
2: Well, Probably the good you- news is it's like the size of a closet, so you only need one camera. to catch everything. <laughs> You're Right. Referee Earl Hebner. So being being a producer for TNA was probably great. Now that I think about it.
3: You could literally fall asleep at the board and be like, oh crap. (laughs) Referee Earl Hebner got knocked out by Abyss with a ladder. So he's replaced by old, by old Slick Johnson. You know about old Slick Johnson.
2: Real name. Yeah. (sighs) Good
3: grief. I didn't even think about it at first. They were, because they just called him Slick. And then they were like, oh, Slick Johnson. I'm like, mother of God. Like, (laughs) <laughs> this was an effing Russo staple because he was in WCW at the end, too, when they called him Slick Johnson. Like, duh.
2: <sighs> but then something I, happened. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I didn't pick up on it until, like, a couple years into TNA. <laughs> same same here. I, 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 cause because, to be fair, they called him Mark Slick Johnson. Yeah. Now when they started calling him <laughs> Slick Johnson, like, I got it.
3: And I'm like, why? Why? What? Just, like, uh, good lord.
2: Real quick, Slick Johnson. Where does he referee, right at this at this period? Ah, uh, is he referee? No, at when we're talking right now.
3: Oh, TNA. Yeah, good
2: Lord. I mean, it doesn't take a genius to see.
3: Well, yeah, because Russo keeps adding on to the immaturity with every. Uh, bro, there's gotta be more penis references, bro.
2: And Johnson's a real name, and it can be like his dick, bro. <laughs>
3: with joke about ejaculate, bro. All right, anyway, moving on quickly. Uh, but uh, something happens with, with Johnson, and wouldn't you know it, Abyss sets up a stack of four ta- four tables, and then he gets put through them all by Sting, because he's got to set it up and go through I
2: was going to say, say, who is going to go through those tables, I wonder?
3: Yeah. <laughs> Abyss, every single time Abyss sets something up, he will go into it or through it. Every Effing time. Why, Greg? Because he's a dumbass. <laughs> yep. He, he's oddly
2: a enough, stupid he never monster. Got, oddly enough, he never got attacked by his own Janice. Mm, he did get
3: hit by Janice. I think it was it. I think it was RVD hit him with it. Remember? Uh, I
2: think he kicked it into him though. I mean. Was...
3: Yeah. Well, yeah. So.
2: so he never so really he, got attacked with it. But...
3: Well, yeah, but he did get hit with it. So uh, there you go. There's another one. Cornette said something about, or I think it was him. He said something about, he's like, we told him to take a break, uh, because it's like, dude, you know, what the hell else can we do to you? You've been through barbed wire and glass and everything else under the sun. And he takes a break. He comes back. First week back, he goes through a flaming frickin' table. Like, <laughs> He's like, God dang it, dude, quit. Uh, and he's, it, I think it was either him or Bishop, or uh, it wouldn't have been Bishop. It must have been Cornette. He said, uh you know, Abyss would do this stuff and he'd come back. He's like, how did it look? It was a good, he's like, get the F out of my face. I don't even want to look at you.
2: <laughs> that bad, huh?
3: Yeah. Uh Leary's Abisco runs out to stop Christian Cage from winning at one point. In the end, Christian Cage and Sting climb on top of the ladder and Earl Hebner wakes up and shoves the ladder over. And then Chef Jarrett climbs up the ladder and hangs the belt and the crowd litters the ring with garbage it's the orlando screw job greg <laughs> uncle dave and i both gave it 3 stars uh, what say uh, you
2: i gave it 3 as well did you notice that earl like kind of struggled to push the ladder over
3: <laughs> you don't say man that's the age of methuselah can't push a, a ladder over with two
2: people because big I'm, ass dudes i on I, top. I i rewound it twice i'm like I think Chris was supposed to go out of the ring.
3: Probably. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Do you realize that we
3: are in June of '06? He was the referee for the screw job back in November of '97. Still doing it. Yep. Like what? The f- Earl Hebner and Bret Hart relived that god awful, stupid ass. I'm not even going to call it an angle. It was that thing that happened. They relived it for the rest of their damn careers.
2: I Earl is still alive, you know, so I mean we can still see it again.
3: Oh gosh, is it going to happen in AEW? It's
2: got to, right?
3: Please God, no. And MJF not have Earl help him screw somebody over?
2: Yeah, and Football Effery <laughs> 2. Which one yeah. already aired by the time this airs.
3: Football Field Effery. 2.0. Got to hear the, the Cornet review of that one, man. It's going to be great.
2: He Can't called this, podcasting. by the way. He called it. Who would he, call he this? He said it was going to happen. He you know what it's leading to? <laughs> he said that. <laughs> why? He LA... said it two weeks before it happened.
3: I don't understand how or why somebody would call that. but
2: The fact that he called it just goes to show how pathetic it is.
3: Yeah, I will admit I'm a little excited for it.
2: I said I liked the first one because it was fun, but now they're going to kill it.
3: Yeah, I feel like this one is going to be stupid only because this is the follow up to War Games, (laughs)
2: like like which should have been the blow off. Yeah, old fashioned.
3: (laughs) How is how is War Games not the blow off? No, the blow off to their match at War Games is them fighting in a football field. Okay. Whatever. My question
2: is, you know, not to get off on here, t- but my question is, how are they going to do this with the fans this time? Last time they had no fans.
3: They It'll probably be the same exact thing. It's probably going to be pre-recorded and all that good stuff. So
2: they're going to show them on the screen like they did the first half of War Games?
3: Probably. Those people are buying pay-per-view tickets to see that, man. Okay. Just saying. But anyway, after this match, Larry Zavisco, Earl Hebner, and Jeff Jarrett start hightailing it. But Jim Cornette is on the top of the ramp and another referee runs out, rips the NWA title away from Jarrett, hands it to Cornette. Cornette holds the title and wags his finger at Jarrett, yelling at him. And Jarrett drops to his knees, grabbing his head, shouting, no, no. And that's the end of the show.
2: So yeah. yeah. (laughs) Let me just do a little follow up real quick because to show you that was all for nothing. Jeff Jarrett gets the title back. Then he has to face the winner of Fatal four way. I think it was Joe Steiner, Christian Sting. Wow. Then Christian turns heel. Because oh, why yeah. not?
3: Yeah. Be- because Swerve, Brawl, I don't
2: know. Just, just uh, saying it all got stupid after this.
3: Yeah, after this.
2: <laughs> well, I actually. About to get ahead. Well, I don't want to get ahead, but I enjoyed this pay per view, though. I did.
3: But, man, that finish, because I forgot that happened. And when it happened, I was like, you have got to be effing kidding me.
2: Yeah, the moment I saw this on the schedule, that was the first thing that popped to my mind, if I'm being honest.
3: (laughs) I forgot everything from the show, so that was all brand new to me, and I was like, god dang it. But, all right, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, we're going to dive into the uh, final ratings of the show and what is to come in June. We'll be right back. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Fubo TV offers you live sports and TV without the overpriced cable. Fubo TV offers 100 channels, live and on demand, plus over 130 streaming in 4K, and a cloud DVR is included. The Fubo TV app is available on all smart devices, so you can watch what you want when you want. There are no hidden fees, and you can cancel any time. Cut the cord and sign up for your free trial at Fubo.tv today. Fubo TV is a sponsor of the main event Marks and Unhinged Sports Network. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, we're back. Final ratings time. Internet Movie Database gave this event 7.8 out of 10. CageMatch.net gave it 6.91 out of 10. I gave it an 8 point or 8 out of 10 for a B. What say you?
2: I gave it a B plus. I really like this pay per view.
3: I dug it. Uh, I'm not going to say it was a favorite of mine by any stretch of the imagination, but I did like it. I I don't know, it was more of like just the whole feel of TNA at this time. I just really liked it. You and I bonded over TNA when we first became friends, so it holds a special place in my heart, I'll say. So, yeah. Anyway, that does it for that show next week. We are in June, and next week is our one-year anniversary. Man, can you believe we've been doing this podcast for a year?
2: Yeah, we started this because we were bored with COVID and being locked yeah, down. Yeah,
3: right. <laughs> I know. And now we are approaching a year. We have 50 plus shows in the in the uh, the, ta- the can, whatever. This is
2: 51, right? Uh,
3: this will be 52. Uh, 52. What we're recording right now. Yep. So next week. Episode fifty three. Plus we got all the bonus episodes. We're so
2: this chilling. literally is the end of the first year.
3: Yes. Yep. This is our final episode for the year. Or this you know, not the calendar year obviously, but you know what I mean. Next week is on June 9th, we are covering King of the Ring nineteen ninety three. Where it all began. This was the first King, it wasn't the first King of the Ring ever, but it was the first King of the Ring pay-per-view ever. So, Nobody
2: remembers the other ones.
3: Yeah. Oddly enough, Bret Hart had won in the 1991 King of the Ring, but that was when it was like, I think it was like just a house show tournament at the time, something to just bring people into house shows. Tournament, bro. Bro, we got to have more tournaments, bro. Strip all the titles and put them in tournaments. I have already watched the show back. It's it, it's good. It's It's historic. I dig it. And there is one specific moment or thing on the show, I I guess, that makes it very historic because it's June of 1993, and it would be the last pay-per-view that Hulk Hogan would be in for the WWE until 2002. Nuts to think about. I know. He would never be on another WWE pay-per-view. Well, he would never be on another WWF pay-per-view ever he would pop back up for the WWE in uh, February of 02. So there's that.
2: I like how this is his last one and then Hall and Nash are here.
3: Yeah, right.
2: And I think, I'm pretty sure, this is Nash's first pay-per-view. It's yes. Inter- it's interesting.
3: Yeah, it's the, it's his first pay-per-view. It's the show where he gets his name. And he had just left WCW as Vinny Vegas, which we will talk about more next week. A lot of historic stuff going on here, uh some firsts, some lasts and uh some development here you'll see. And I'll tell you what, man, I became more of a fan of Brett and I'm already a huge Brett Hart mark, but I came became more of a Brett Hart mark watching watching this event because he puts on some clinics. So, either way, we'll talk about that more next week. It's been a fun year, man. I've enjoyed what we've been doing. And for I like all that we you,
2: finally covered a great one.
3: Yeah, absolutely. We we've got some really good shows in the in the archives. If you guys go back throughout the past year, it's been a good fun year. We'll talk more about more great shows coming up this month. I feel is packed with good shows. I don't see any bad ones that I booked for comedy. Okay, I okay. I take that back. There's one show I booked for comedy, Great American Bash 2000. But other than that. The rest of them, I booked them not because I was like, ha, huh, we can laugh at this. But we'll uh, we'll talk about that more in the coming weeks. Uh, real quick, one last time, we are sponsored by Fubo TV and Fanatics. Click on the links down in the podcast description. And if you are not listening to us on the Unhinged Sports Network, we are live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. And the replay is right after an hour and a half after that. I thank you for joining me today again, Greg.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: It's been a fun year. Looking forward to year two of the podcast. We'll see you next week with the King of the Ring,
1: 1993. Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church VA, (sighs)
0: 844-759-7732. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle?